Hi, everybody. This is Pastor Terry. So glad you joined me this evening for our uh, midweek Bible study. And uh, hey, I tell you what, the weather sure has warmed up a lot out there. Last week it was zero degrees and eight inches of snow. And one week later, we had almost 70 degrees today. And I got to go out and take a walk with my wife. And boy, I sure did enjoy it. But anyway, I like the warm weather a lot better than the cold. But hey, if you have your Bibles, let's get into the Word of God. 1 John chapter 4, verse 16. 1 John 4, 16, the Apostle John writes and he says, And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. What I want to talk to you tonight about is, is the, the fact that God loves you. He really does. And that we not only need to know that, but we also need to believe it. And uh, that's something that the Apostle John did. He not only knew that Jesus loved him, but he also believed it. And, and one way that I know that is if you read his gospel account, now we read one of his from one of his epistles here, 1 John 4, 16, but if you go over and read his gospel account, uh, he never refers to himself by name. He refers to himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. Now, you know, he wasn't, some people say, well, you know, he was, he was being a little haughty there when he wrote that. No, no, no. If he wanted to be haughty, he would have referred to himself by name. He never did that. He, he referred to himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved because he not only knew Jesus loved him, but he also believed it. And he was sold out to that fact. And, uh, and that's, that's a place we all need to be at. Not only know that Jesus loves us, but really believe that, have a deep revelation of it. And John had that because he referred to himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. And um, and that's a place we all really w would need to, to, to be at, that we'd be able to write our name. You know, like in my case, Pastor Terry, the disciple whom Jesus loved. That would indicate that I not only know that Jesus loves me, but but I have a deep revelation of that and I believe it. Now, you know, in pastoring now for over a couple of decades, I've noticed that, 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 that a lot of people do not struggle in this area in that they, they know and they believe that God loves them. But I've met a lot of people who do struggle in this area. And, uh, and, and I'm talking Christians now. And I mean, they'll say, Oh yeah, Pastor Terry, I know, I know God loves me. But when you get right down to it, you get to talking with them, you can see that, that they're not really sold out, sold out to the, to the fact that God loves them. They know that he loves them, but they don't really believe it as they should. And frankly, this is an area where I've struggled in some over, over the years. You know, certainly I know God loves me, but, but there's times where, and, and particularly it happens when, when you, you come up on a hard time and maybe God isn't responding the way you think that he should, or, you know, sometimes, you know, as I've dealt with different Christians over the years, they'll see someone else excelling in an area that they're not excelling in. And then, you know, they'll say, well, God just must love them more than he loves me. And, and yeah, I know God loves me, but he must love them more. And, and of course, then the devil comes in that, you know, and he's a creep and he'll start running thoughts through your, your brain and, you know, just, well, hey, God doesn't really love you or he doesn't love you as much as somebody else. You know, the devil's creepy like that and run them thoughts through your, through, through your mind. And, and, uh, but I tell you what, I, I tell you what, this message, is designed for somebody that that struggles in this area where you know that 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 hey you know God loves you but you may not always have a deep full revelation of that as you should and so my intent here tonight is to 
help you with that. And I want to help you with that by looking at the ministry of Jesus. You know, Jesus said, if you, he said of himself, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So we can look at the ministry of Jesus and build a strong foundation in, in ourselves and, and, and know when we get done here this evening and not only know that God loves us, but actually believe that. So let's look at, 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 at some things here in the Bible and some scriptures and at the ministry of Jesus. But let's start off with Ephesians 5 verse 25. Ephesians 5 verse 25. And let's look at some examples of uh, the kind of people that God loves. The kind of people that God loves. And uh, first of all, in Ephesians 5 verse 25, the last part of that verse says, Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. So right there, what do we conclude? That, that Jesus loves the church. Well, who is the church? Well, all those who have repented of their sins and received Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior, they become part of the church. And it, right, the Bible says that Christ loves those people. So if you've repented of your sins and received Jesus as your Savior, then you're part of his church. And the Bible right there says that he loves you. I tell you what, and, and just by the way, there's the church universal that you become a part of when you receive Jesus as your savior. And then, and that's, I mean, that's the heaven hell issue. You need to get in, in the church universal, the church of the Lord Jesus, you know, and that, that happens by repenting of your sins and placing your faith in him. And then after that, you need to find you a good local church, seek the Lord. He'll, he'll direct you to a good local church. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people go, go to a local church and think that just by going to the local church, they're saved. Well, that doesn't save you. You know, you got to receive Jesus to be saved. But the point here is, is that if you've received Jesus, you're part of the church of the Lord Jesus. And the Bible says that he loves you. So, hey, if you struggle in the area of, of believing the love that God has for you, this is a good verse. Ephesians 5.25, the last part of that verse, you know, it says Christ loved the church. He loved you so much. He gave himself for you. He died on the cross for you. He, if you'd have been the only person that would have received him as savior, he'd have died on that cross for you. That's how much he loves you. That's how much he loves all of us. And so this is a good verse to meditate on. If you struggle in the area of believing the love that God has for you, you know, Ephesians 5, 25, Christ loves the church. He loves the church. I'm a member of the church, so he loves me, and he gave himself for me. Well, I tell you what, you start meditating on that and start meditating on what he did for us on that cross and that he went there. You know, we had an appointment on that cross, and he went there in our place. And I tell you what, you start meditating on that. You you see the love that God has for us. So that's a good verse to meditate on. And then, so, and so, so you know, everybody would 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 uh, concede, you know, that that God loves you know church people. Okay, but you know, God not only loves church people, but He loves sinners. And really, you know, well, well hey, we were all sinners before we became Christians, right? And so uh, the next verses I want to look at show us that God loves sinners. Okay. And uh, look at John 3.16. Now that's the uh, perhaps the uh, most famous verse in the Bible, John 3.16. Watch this. For God so loved the world. Look at that. He loved the world. That's talking about sinners there. He loved sinners. You see, before we got saved and became a Christian, like I just said, we were all sinners. And, and he loved us while we were still sinners. 
Actually, he loved us before we were ever even born. But certainly, uh, what this verse is pointing out here, he so loved the world, he, he, he loves sinners. Certainly, he loves Christians, those who have placed their faith in Jesus, but he, he loves the world. He loves sinners so much that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Well, that's good news, isn't it? So, this is a good verse to meditate on concerning building a foundation for believing the love that God has for us is that that while you were still a rank sinner, he loved you. And if you're out there and you've never received Jesus, hey, I got good news for you. Jesus loves you. I mean, he does. And so, you know, hey, so receive him and become part of the church. But here's the thing. He loves church people and he also loves sinners. He loves uh, uh, people who are living in the world, you know, and uh, the Bible said so right here. And then verse 17, I like that too. For God did not send, oh, this is so good. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. God's not looking to condemn people. He That's not his motive. He did not send Jesus into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Boy, he loved, I tell you what, God, well, the Bible says God is love. That's the Greek word agape. And, and he doesn't ha- just have love. He is love. And he's unconditional love. He loves us no matter what we do, no matter how good we are, how matter, how matter good, no matter how good we are or how ugly we can act sometimes. He, he doesn't love it when we act ugly, but he always loves us. God is love. And so he loves church people. He loves people in the world. And here this next verse, it really hammers this even home, even more about him loving sinners. Look at Romans chapter five, verse six. Now notice this, says this, for when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. He died for the ungodly. And I, I sure qualified for that. So he died for me. That's how much he uh, uh, loved me. And you, because we were all ungodly at one point before we received Jesus, and uh, and He died for us. That's how much He loves us. And uh, and then let's just look at verse eight here. Uh, but this is Romans five eight. But God demonstrates His own love toward us. Now look at that. He demonstrates. See, God doesn't just tell us that He loves us. Now He does that, all right. He tells us, but He demonstrates it. He demonstrates it. And and notice. He demonstrates his own love towards us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, while we were still, look at that. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I mean, God loves church people, but he loves sinners. And that's why he came into the world to save sinners. And I mean, and it was love that motivated him. I mean, wow, love motivated him. God loves people. He really, really does. And, uh, and, and so, uh, he loves the church. He loves the world. He loves sinners. And, uh, speaking of sinners, you know, this next one, let's, let's, uh, look at directly here now at the ministry of the Lord Jesus. John the eighth chapter. John the eighth chapter. You have that woman who was caught in adultery. She was taken in adultery caught in it right, taken right out of the bed of adultery and brought down and thrown at Jesus's feet. And of course, the religious hypocrites did that and they threw her down at Jesus's feet. And of course, they, you know, wanted to, wanted to stone her and 
all of that. They question Jesus about, you know, whether or not she should be stoned and, 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 and so on and so forth. And I could preach a, a whole message on that. I'm not going to do that right here, but, uh, that's where I remember Jesus said, you know, he who without sin among, he that's without sin among you cast a stone at her first and they all dropped their rocks and went home. And Jesus just disarmed them. Glory to God. Disarmed those religious hypocrites. But the point I want to get to is this. Notice uh, John 8 verse 10. When Jesus, because all the, the, the accusers left, when he said, he that is without sin among you cast a stone at her first. They dropped their rocks and leave. Then Jesus said, raises himself up. This is John 8, 10. And saw no one but the woman. He said to her, woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said to her. Now think about this. Here's what he said to her. Now, actually, Jesus was the only one there, according to his own words, who could have stoned her. Because he said, you know, whoever among you is without sin, let him throw a stone first. Now, all those accusers had sin. That's why they dropped their rocks and left. But Jesus had no sin in him. There's no sin in him. So he could have, according to his own words, stoned her, but he didn't do it. This woman, now think of it, taken right out of the bed of committing adultery. And here's what he says to her. He says, he says, woman, he says, neither do I condemn you. Now think about that. Neither do I condemn you. Is it, I mean, that's powerful. He, he loved this woman. And he said, neither do I condemn you. Now, he did not condone her sin. He said, go and sin no more. He didn't condone the sin. He, but he, he said, go and sin no more. But the point here is he, he, he loves church people. He loves ungodly sinners. He loves the sexually immoral who are, who are sinners. Sexual sin, you know. He loves sinners. He loves sexual uh, people who messed up sexually. If you're out there and you've messed up sexually, I want to tell you, Jesus does not condemn you. He doesn't condemn you. He loves you. Now, he's not going to condone the sin. He's going to tell you, stop doing it. But he's not going to condemn you. Amen. He loves people. Now, in Mark, the 10th chapter, let's go over there. Mark, the 10th chapter. We're going to see that God loves the self-righteous, the rich, and the poor. He loves the self-righteous, the rich, and the poor. Mark 10, verse 17. This is the rich story of the rich young ruler. Let's read a few verses here. Now, as Jesus was going out on the road, one came running, knelt before him, and asked him, said, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is, no one is good but one, that is God. You know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and mother. And he answered and said to him, teacher, all these things I've kept from my youth. Now, now if you study the Bible at all, you know that nobody is able to keep the Ten Commandments. It's just not possible in and of our own, own strength and ability. Nobody has ever kept the Ten Commandments. And uh, now I could teach messages on all of this here with this rich young ruler. But for the point tonight, I just want to show you that this guy, it's very clear he was self-righteous. Uh, 
Uh, you know, all these things I've kept from my youth. And in other words, I've never missed it. Not one time. And, uh, and, uh, so Jesus loves the self-righteous. And then verse 21, then, and you get right down to it. Uh, he said, I, I kept all these commandments, Lord. Never messed, never missed one, never messed up on one of them. <laughs> and, and the whole thing of this story, I wasn't going to say this, but I'll, I'll just go ahead and say, it. uh, he, he didn't keep the first one. This, this rich young ruler didn't even keep the first commandment to have no other gods before the Lord. And we know that because here in just a minute, we're going to see that uh, money was more important to him than Jesus. You understand that? So when he said, oh, all these, I've kept all these from the time I was young. I, I had never messed up, not one time. <laughs> and all the time, he, 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 not only did, he said, I kept all 10. He must, he didn't, didn't even, even keep the first one. Because he had, you know, the first commandment, you'll have no other gods before me. And money, he put money before the Lord. We'll see that here in just a moment. So he's self-righteous. But having said that, look at verse 21. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him. So not only do we have um, the fact that Jesus loves the self-righteous, but this guy is rich and self-righteous. And right here, the Bible says, Jesus, looking at him, loved him. Now think about that. Loved him. And said to him, one thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have, and give to the poor. Now right there, we can say Jesus loves the poor. He really does. You know, some people have, have a misconception that God, God loves rich people and he doesn't love poor people. Look, God loves everybody equally. He really does. And you look at the ministry of Jesus. He was, he was always giving to the poor. He really was. And in fact, the night that Judas betrayed him and, and got up and left the, you know, where they were having what's known as the Last Supper, when, when he got up and left, the other disciples thought he was going out to give something to, to the poor because that was such a thing that they did all the time. Jesus, you know, and, and, and his ministry, they're given to the poor and blessing the poor. And he tells this rich young ruler, he says, go give to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven. Come take up the cross and follow me. So so Jesus loves the self-righteous. He loves the rich. He loves the poor. But notice verse 22, but this, this rich young ruler was sad at Jesus's word and went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. And I like to say it this way, great possessions had him. Uh, you know how you know if if money has you now, nothing wrong with having money, but it's wrong when money has you. And you, do you know how you can know if money has a grip on you? If the Lord, and I didn't say the pastor, but if the Lord asks you to release it and you can't do it, then you know money's got a grip on you. Okay, so nothing wrong with having money, but it's wrong when money has you. But the point here is, is Jesus loved this young man, self-righteous as he was, rich as he was, and, uh, and, we see that Jesus loves the poor, but something else here. This young man walked away from Jesus, but Jesus still loved him. Think about that. Jesus still loved him. So, I mean, we're, I think we're building a pretty good case here that, 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 that God loves everybody. But let's just go on here a little further. Uh, speaking of somebody that walked away from him, go to Luke the 15th chapter, and there you have the, story of the prodigal son. And 
Remember this man and well, the, Jesus gives this, this, this parable, the story about this man who had two sons, you know, and the one served him very well. And, but the other one came to him and said, give me what's mine. And he went away and he, he, he went away from his father's house and he, he went off into riotous living, uh, sexual immorality and all of that. But he, but he wound up in a pig pen and he came to his senses. And, uh, he, he said, I'm going back to, to my father's house. And, and so he does that. And here, Luke, Luke, uh, 15 verse 20 says this young man known as a prodigal son arose and came to his father. And this boy, this blesses me because this is, this is how the heavenly father, this, this parable is to show us about the heavenly father. So the young man comes out of the pig pen. He's going back to his father's house. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion. That means love. He loved him and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. While he was a great way off. See, you see that rich young ruler walked away from Jesus. Jesus still loved him, right? And uh, and this guy here, this prodigal son, he walked away from, from his father. But when he was in the pig pen and the whole time that he was out with riotous living, the father still loved him. So much so that it's clear to me, said when he was still a great way off, his father saw him. That indicates to me his father was looking for him. I think his father was looking for him every day. And and, and it's the same thing with you. If you've walked away from the Lord or you've gotten away from him or you've, you, you know, you're not as close to him as you once were, hey, he never stopped loving you. Yeah, but Pastor Terry, you don't know what I've done. No, 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 I don't. Don't want to know. That's between you and the Lord, you know? But I know this, what I do know is, is that God never stopped loving you. And he loves you just as much now as he ever has. And I, I tell you what, when this prodigal son who'd walked away from his father, he comes back home, daddy's looking for him, his father's looking for him. And when he, when he, when he sees him, he, it, it, look, his father saw him, uh, and had compassion and ran, his father ran to him. Right? Let's see if I'm getting this right. When he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. The father ran to him. Wow. This The father ran at, to his son. Now think about that. That shows how much God, I mean, loves us. If you've gotten away from him, God's looking for you. And yet, tell you what, you make the first move back toward him. He'll start running after you to come and hug your neck and and, and kiss you, and you read on in this story, uh, this dad here, he killed the fatted calf and had a big party that his, his son had come back home. And that's how much God loves you and me. That's how much God loves people who who uh, walk away from him and get off into things they shouldn't be in. I'm talking about people now that once were, walked with the Lord and they just got away from him. I tell you, he never stopped loving you. He'll never stop loving you. Tell you what, just repent and head back his way. And before you can make, make, I mean, you just, just head his way a little bit. Uh, the Bible says, draw an eye to God and he'll draw an eye to you. I tell you what, you make a move toward God. I tell you, he'll come running, running after you. That's, I mean, that's who God is. Sometimes God paints, it gets, gets a picture painted of him that he's a meanie. He's not a meanie. He is love. He is love. I tell you what, and he, he, I tell you what, he's waiting for you to turn back his way. And you do, man. I tell you, he'll come running after you and hug your neck, kiss you, 
put a robe on your back, a, what is it, a ring on your finger, kill the fatted calf and have a party. You know, a lot of people, they get away from the Lord and they think, oh, well, the Lord wouldn't want me back. He wouldn't take me back. You know, hey, he loves you. Know that. Believe it. Get back to him. And I tell you what, he'll he'll receive you right back in. You'll pick up right where you left, right where you left off. OK, uh, God's good. And then, hey, look at and he loves you. Look at Luke 17, verse 15. Luke 17, 15. I want to show you that God loves all nationalities and skin colors. Look at this. And one of them, this is uh, the story of the 10 lepers. And uh, they'd been healed of leprosy. And uh, Jesus, you know, uh, had healed them. He said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were healed. And look here, Luke uh, 17, 15. And one of them, one of the 10 lepers, when he saw that he was healed, returned with a loud and with a loud voice glorified God and uh, fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, were there not 10 cleansed, but where are the nine? And I could preach a whole message on that, but let's stay on the point here. Uh, were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner, this foreigner? Well, now the, Samarit now, now the Samaritans were hated by the Jews. They didn't like the Samaritans, and I could tell you why. I'm not going to get off into that. But, but, but look, Jesus didn't hate this guy. Actually, they, they had nothing to do with the Samaritans. Um, uh, that woman at the well, she was a Samaritan, if I'm not mistaken. Jesus dealt with her and loved her and showed compassion to her. But, uh, but, but this leper here, Jesus called him a foreigner. What does that, what does that tell us? That God loves all nationalities and all skin colors. God loves everybody equally. It doesn't matter what your nationality is, what your skin color is. Hey, God doesn't look at skin color. He looks at heart color. The Bible says man looks on the outward, but God looks at the heart. I tell you, racism is just so bad. It's just so wrong. We should never look at skin color. We, we, we should look at the, 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 the content of a person's heart. That's what God looks at. God doesn't pay any attention to what skin color somebody is. And I don't either. And neither should you. It doesn't matter a, a, a person's skin color or their nationality. Uh, God loves people equally and, and everybody should love one another as God loves, and uh, and particularly Christians. The Bible says, you know, when I say Christians, I mean we as Christians ought to love everybody without bias, just the way God loves, should we love. Uh, because the Bible says the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And so we as Christians, there should be no racism among us whatsoever, our racist thoughts or anything like that. We should not see uh, uh, skin color, or nationality at all. Pay no attention to that. We should love as God loves. And so the point here, God loves all nationalities. He loves all skin colors. He, 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 he looks at the heart. Okay. And let's you and I do that too. But God loves uh, everybody equally. So I don't care what your skin color is. I don't care what, what, uh, where you're from. God loves you. Uh, uh, he loves you just as much as he loves anybody else. Now, uh, let's go on here just a little bit further. Again, I'm laying you a foundation, showing you the kind of people that God loves. And look here, God loves those who betray and come against him. And uh, uh, Matthew, the 26th chapter, 48th verse, says his betrayer, that was Judas Iscariot. 
Remember, he betrayed Jesus. And just to, for the sake of time here, when, uh, when Judas shows up, do you know what Jesus called him? He called him friend. Jesus called Judas, the very person that betrayed him, Jesus called him friend. Now you think about that. And then, remember when Jesus was at the garden there of Gethsemane and they came and, of course, as I just said, he calls Judas friend. That's Matthew 26, verse 50. But then Peter takes the, takes the sword and he cuts off the servant of the high priest. He cuts off his right ear and, and, uh, 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 his name was Malchus. And, and guess what Jesus did? Now Malchus was there to take Jesus. He was part of that big group that came to take Jesus. Malchus was, was in on that. He was there to take Jesus to his, to his trial and death and all of that. And what did Jesus do? The Bible says, this is Luke 22, verse 51, he touched his ear and healed him. Now you think about that. God, he he loves those who betray him and uh, those who are trying to take him to trial. He loved Judas, he loved Malchus. And think about the, the people that crucified him. Think about those people. Jesus loved them. You know how I know that? Because when he was hanging on the cross and they were mocking him and and all of that, you know what he said? Now, if you know what he said, but if you don't, I'll tell you. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He didn't call fire down on them. He didn't do anything like that. In fact, uh, John and his brother James one time wanted to call fire down on a group of people that were not following the Lord. And he told them, he said, uh, you don't know what spirit you are of. And uh, Jesus didn't come to call fire down on people. He came to save people. And, you know, let me just throw this in here. You know, John uh, is known as the disciple whom Jesus loved. Do you know how he became that? You know how he, how he became known as the disciple of love? Let me tell you. He was known as the son of thunder. John, you see, people think of him as always the, the disciple of love. He started out, he, I mean, he was he was rough around the edges, John. People think Peter was rough around the edges, and he was, but John was too. And he wanted to call fire down on somebody at one point, and that he wanted to cut people out of the club at another point, you know, and, didn't, and, and much I could say about it. He was rough around the edges, boisterous and whatnot. You know how he became the disciple of love? Think about where his head was at the Last Supper. His head was on Jesus's chest. He stayed so close to Jesus that he could hear his heartbeat. I tell you what, when you hear the heartbeat of Jesus, it'll change you from a son of thunder to the apostle of love. And he heard that heartbeat of Jesus and he heard it so much so that he got the revelation that he not only knew that God loved him, he not only knew Jesus loved him, but he believed it. Place we all need to be. But he got that by staying so close to Jesus that he could hear his heartbeat. And we can do that too. How do we do that, Pastor? By staying in the word of God. Because Jesus is the word made flesh. So stay in the word of God. You hear the heartbeat of Jesus, you get a revelation of how much he loves you. But anyway, that being said, Jesus did not call fire down on that group of people that crucified him. He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And... Uh, and we see 
that Jesus never showed uh, partiality, partiality toward anyone. He never played favorites. Uh, the, the Bible is very clear. And this is something, if you want to listen to me as I close here, if you want to really believe the love that God has for you, you've got to get this into your thinking that God, and know this, that God does not play favorites. He does not play favorites. He shows no partiality. And uh, uh, actually, well, Luke 20, verse 21, the Pharisees uh, said to Jesus, they said to him, uh, uh, you do not show personal favoritism. They even could see that Jesus didn't play favorites. And he doesn't play favorites. He loves everybody equally. Now, let me tell you, I want to tell you this. If you really want to have a revelation uh, of not only knowing that, that God loves you, but believing it, you're going to have to know this. He does not respect, he's not a respecter of persons. He does not play favorites. He just doesn't. And the devil will come with thoughts and he'll run those thoughts through your mind and say, well, see, God loves this one more than you. Look what he did for this one over there. Look what he did for that. Look, God does not play favorites. Okay. And I could preach a whole message right now on this, but just, just get that in your thinking. God does not play favorites. Okay. He loves everybody equally. And I, I said this one time and, and it's so true. And I have it actually here in my notes. God loves everybody the same, but not everybody loves God the same. And you think about that, that's a mouthful right there. God loves everybody the same, but not everybody loves God the same. I'll just let you think about that. And you might need to stop me a couple of times and back me up and listen, listen to that. But that is, is very true. But I'll leave you with this. God loves, you know, I've been showing you all the different kind of people that God, that God loves. But I'll, I'll, I'll close, I'll close with this. That God loves you and he loves me just as much as he loves Jesus. Now, the first time I heard that, I balked at that. I thought, oh, that can't be that God loves me as much as he loves Jesus. But hey, John 17, 23, this is a good verse. This might be the best verse of all to meditate on if you struggle in this area of God loving you and believe in that love. Look at this, John 17, 23. Jesus is speaking here and he's, he, he's actually praying to the heavenly father and he says, I, and he's talking about his disciples who would be a, a, a representative group of you and me. So he's talking about us. And he says to the Father, he says, I and them and you and me, that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me, and watch this, and have loved them as you loved me. Now think about that. He just said to the Father that the, that the Father loves the disciples as much as he loves Jesus. So from this verse, we can conclude that God the Father loves you and me and everybody as much as he loves Jesus. Now that is, is a powerful, powerful statement. And it came from the lips of our Savior himself, the Lord Jesus Christ. So we can know that God loves us as much as he loves Jesus. God really, really, really loves us. He really does. And so, uh, I mean, isn't that a powerful statement? It just, it just really, I have to just almost stop and think about that. It just blesses me. God loves you and he loves me as much as he loves Jesus. And that right there alone 
just meditating that one verse would let us not only know that God loves us, but we ought to believe that love. Okay. Now, hey, I would review everything with you and go back through because I'm a teacher. I like to review. But the neat thing about this social media, you know, I'm not going to go review it. You can just rewind me. Like I said a moment ago, just rewind me and listen to it again, okay? So no reason to review, but because uh, you can back... Uh, one lady told me one time, she said, boy, she said, Pastor, it's so good when I hear you in person. I can't can't hit the pause button, so sometimes I get to going a little fast. And when we went on to social media, and it really blessed me when she said this. She said, she said, when I'm watching you on social media, I can just hit the pause button if you're going too fast and slow you down. So, so I thought that was pretty cool. So anyway, if you need to hear this again, just rewind me and listen to it. But I trust this helped you this evening. And I trust that it helped you to not only know that God loves you, but to believe that love. So, hey, do that. And, uh, and, and, uh, it, 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 just believe the love that he has for you. And I, I tell you what, it'll, uh, it, it's just, a, it's a good place to be. Okay. Well, much more I could say. Let's sign off right here. God bless you. Hey, I'll see you Sunday morning and at Summit Church at 10 and I'll uh, be back here next Wednesday evening with another Bible study. Okay. God bless you. All right. Bye-bye.